In this episode, we learn how acceptance is the beginning of the answer to all of our problems. And welcome back to Thoughtful Mind with Tzvi. I'm your host, Tzvi Hilsenrath. This week, I'd like to thank the city of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thank you, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, for listening in. This week's episode is a follow-up to a couple of earlier episodes. Last week's episode, when we spoke about change, and way back in episode 7, when we spoke about lying to ourselves. This episode follows up on those ideas, because we're going to be talking about the opposite of lying to yourself, and we're going to be talking about the thing that needs to happen before we can begin change. And the thing that we're talking about is acceptance, kind of a spoiler from the intro. Acceptance is one of the hardest and most important life skills to have. It's essential for making positive change in our life. It's essential for happiness. And it's often the crucial ingredient in having positive and happy and fulfilling relationships. What is acceptance? Well, acceptance is the art of seeing the world as it is, not as you wish it would be. Because often our desires and a reality don't match up. And when they don't, we don't have acceptance. We want things to be a certain way, or we want things to not be a certain way. And so we lie to ourselves about how things really are. When we stop lying to ourselves and start seeing the world, ourselves, and other people as they really are, that is acceptance. A lot of it comes down to emotional thinking versus rational thinking. When we let our emotions control our thoughts, we often veer away from reality. We're lying to ourselves. But when we look at things objectively, when we look at things rationally, and we try to see things as they really are, that's when we come to acceptance. Acceptance is the basis for all change. Because if you don't have a clear picture of where you are now, you won't know where to go. I was recently reading a book called The Savior Generals on military operations that had failed and then were saved by certain generals. And what I came away from that book is often the reason why military operations were failing is because the people in charge had not accepted the reality of the war as it was. Either they were busy fighting a different war in their heads, they didn't know what was going on on the ground, and in each of the cases what the savior generals were able to do is come in and get a clear picture of what was going on in the war, why their side was losing, and from there, make the changes that were needed to win. In each case, they were able to take certain defeat and turn it into amazing victory. And it all started with acceptance. If you're looking for change in your life, you first have to have acceptance, no matter how hard it is, no matter how bad the picture looks. For example, with finances. If someone wants to make financial change in their life, be more financially stable, they first need a clear picture of where they are now, how they're spending their money, how much income is really coming in and how much is really going out before they can make change. And when a person knows that, that leads then to acceptance. Acceptance is saying things might not be how I want them to be, but I accept this is how they are. So many people are unhappy because they're going against acceptance. And there's different types of acceptance. Acceptance of oneself, acceptance of others, and acceptance of situations. We're going to get into all these different kinds in a minute, but I did want to mention that a lot of my thinking in this area was formed in a chapter in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, and the chapter is called Acceptance is the Answer, and it's worth reading for everybody, alcoholic or not. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to where the entire chapter can be found for free online. I'm going to read some parts of the chapter 
throughout the show, this chapter in the big book was written by a man named Dr. Paul O. And it's really well written, and it's sad, and it's funny, and it's moving, and it's a really great read. I'm going to read a few pieces of it throughout this podcast, but I really encourage everyone to go and read the whole thing. It's worth it. And I'd like to start with this piece right here, where he says, And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. And this is so true. A great example of this is the five stages of grief. The five stages of grief, for those who don't know, were formulated by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in her work with terminally ill patients and their families. And in no particular order, they are anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And the reason there are no particular order is that people go back and forth between the different stages, and we'll get more into that in a different episode. But the last one, acceptance, generally does come at the end. What Dr. Paul said earlier is so true. When dealing with grief, ultimately what needed to be changed was the person's attitude. When a person tries to change unchangeable situations, and as we're going to see in a minute, there are many unchangeable situations, all leads to his heartache and frustration. But when the person changes their own attitudes, that is when true change happens. And acceptance is not static. We may have acceptance today, but lose that level of acceptance tomorrow. Or we may have some acceptance today, and in the future have more. It goes up and it goes down. So it requires continuous self-reflection. Acceptance followed by action leads to change. Change that happens before acceptance, like we said before, can often be messy and counterproductive because you're trying to change something that you don't truly understand. You're trying to change something that's not based in reality, it's just based on the lies you're telling yourself between your own ears. Acceptance has to happen before the change can happen. And often, once we do come to a level of acceptance, we find that the best action is nothing. Just leave things as they are. If something in our life is bothering us, and we work on our acceptance of that thing as it is, a situation, a person, or something within ourselves, we just accept it as it is, we might find that we're happy and serene. We might find that no change is necessary, especially when we're trying to change other people. Trying to change other people is one of the most fruitless and frustrating things if the person themselves doesn't want to change. As we spoke last week, when people have motivation both to change and to stay the same, and we interject ourselves into that person's life, often it's counterproductive to what we're trying to do, and we get more frustrated because they stay the same. When we're trying to convince somebody against their will, we usually end up convincing them to stay the same way. And that comes with us not accepting that the person needs to change themselves, us not accepting that this is where the person is in their life. Now, obviously, there's exceptions, but ultimately, everything has to start with acceptance. Another form of acceptance that I do want to touch on is acceptance of consequences of your actions. Often, people 
end up in situations that are negative or harmful, and the reason they end up in those situations is because of their own actions. People don't want to admit they've done something that turned around and harmed them, and so they try to avoid the consequences and end up getting in more trouble. And even if they don't get in more trouble, it ends up causing psychological distress because now there's dissonance between what they know to be true and what their actions are doing. And so acceptance of consequences of actions is very important. It reminds me of a, of a story written by Amy Tan, a short story, about a young girl who goes to piano lessons, and her family's very poor. They can't really afford the piano lessons, but they send her anyways. And she goes every week. And the problem is that her piano teacher is deaf. And so instead of spending the time practicing getting better, she basically fakes him for week after week after week, just fools him into thinking that she's performing when really she's not. And he can't hear, so he doesn't know. And he tells the parents things are going great. And this goes on for months. And eventually they enter into a talent show. And of course, magic doesn't happen, and she goes to perform, and she's terrible. And now she's all upset because her parents put her in this situation. Well, this is a consequence of her actions. Her actions of lying to the teacher and lying to her parents led to her being in this kind of situation. If she had accepted the consequences of her actions, or if she had accepted what she was doing was wrong, she wouldn't have ended up in that embarrassing situation. Another important piece of acceptance when we're talking about acceptance of ourselves, is acceptance of limitations. Often people find themselves in bad situations because they haven't accepted their limitation of what they can and cannot accomplish. For example, someone might enter into a scholarly program, into a graduate school or a level of education that they're not prepared for. But if a person places themselves in that and then finds it too hard to continue and ends up dropping out, now they've spent an enormous amount of money they owe student loan debts, and now they failed, and failure is hard for people. And that comes from not accepting limitations. Part of accepting limitations is also the acceptance of responsibility to improve. So again, to come back to our example, maybe a person needs to put in more preparation before they can go to that educational program, before they can get that degree. They need to prepare beforehand, take some courses ahead of time, so that when they do get into the program, they're able to keep up. And all of us have limitations, and all of us can improve. If a person can accept that they're not a great mother, or not a great husband, acceptance of that leads to an ability to improve. Because if you're not accepting that improvement is needed, you never will improve. Once you've accepted your limitations, you can also accept the responsibility to improve yourself and go out and do it. Another thing that happens if we're not accepting of ourselves as we are is that the world is a scarier place. Because we don't have a clear picture of our strengths and our weaknesses, many situations become overwhelming when they don't have to be. Everything that is wrong seems so much more wrong because our outlook is lacking that solid foundation of acceptance. And acceptance leads to greater self-esteem. You might think that having acceptance of our limitations or our weaknesses, the negative aspects of ourselves, would lead to lower self-esteem. But it actually has the opposite effect. Acceptance gives us a place to start with growth. It's the earth from where we can grow from. When we have a true and realistic picture of not only our negative aspects, our negative traits, but also our positive traits, because acceptance can just as easily go the other way, where instead of saying we have no limitations, we have no weaknesses, we can say we have no positives, no strengths. So clear picture 
of who we really are, an acceptance of that picture, not trying to fight that picture, leads to good self-esteem. Because even though we know we have limitations and weaknesses, we also know that we have strengths. And this protects us from the negative opinions of others, because we know if they're lying or telling the truth. Either way, if they point out a weakness to us, if they point out a limitation to us, and we know they're telling the truth, it doesn't hurt because we know it's true. And it's something that we're working on. And if they say that we have a weakness or limitation that we don't have, we know they're lying because we know what our strengths are. Acceptance also helps improve self-esteem because we're confident in what we can do and what makes us unique. Now, when we talk about acceptance of others, again, I want to read from Acceptance Was the Answer. He says, Shakespeare said, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection, just as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, though we are all children of God and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying I know better than God. And that goes both for us and for other people. Now he continues and he's talking about his wife. And he says, as I drink more and more, alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was a nothing, she receded a little more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she wilted. Then one day in AA, I was told I had the lenses on my glasses backwards. The courage to change in the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my marriage, but rather I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow and grow. And this is so true when we work with others. Often we find that when we're not accepting of people as they are, we try to change them and we just get frustrated because we can't. And we end up focusing on things about other people that bother us. When we let go of that and accept people as they are, that's when we begin to see the good parts of them. And people relate to that. People connect unconsciously. People connect with when we look at them with, as he says, positive glasses or negative glasses. And that starts with accepting that people are not perfect. Oftentimes when couples are having relationship trouble, they say, he's not the person that I fell in love with. She's not the person I married. Well, that, that's not the case. He is the person you fell in love with, and she is the person you married. But you were not accepting of their entirety at the time. You only saw what you wanted to see. Over time, other parts came out, you noticed other parts that you were ignoring before. And because you're not accepting of those parts, that's why you feel like they've changed. They have stayed the same. Now, it can be difficult. The companion program to Alcoholics Anonymous is Al-Anon, which is a program for men and women who are in relationships with alcoholics, how to, how to live with alcoholics. And what's being taught there is acceptance of the person exactly as they are. Stop trying to get them to stop drinking. Accept them as they are. Now, now maybe once you've accepted them as they are, you say, well, I can't live with this person, and you leave. But it starts with stopping to try to change them and just accept them for who they are. I also see this with parents and children on both sides, where parents can't accept the children for who they are, and children can't accept parents for who they are. 
Sometimes parents are trying to live vicariously through their children, want their children to be people that they wish they had become. And often children, especially adult children, can't accept their parents with their character flaws. And so now there's dissonance and friction in the family. And a lot of this can be avoided by just accepting who the other person is and stopping to try to change them. Now, this doesn't mean that parents don't have an obligation to try and guide their children. Of course, that's the job of parents. But even within that, guidance needs to come first from a place of acceptance who the child is, and then guidance can happen. The other type of acceptance is acceptance of situations as they are. Here's a great example. So many times people are frustrated when they're stuck in traffic, get angry when they're stuck in traffic. This anger comes from a lack of acceptance that when you're driving, there's going to be traffic. It's going to happen. And you want it to change. And so you get frustrated. You're banging on the wheel. You start snapping at the other people in the car. Whatever it is that you do when you have that traffic road rage, all of that comes from a lack of acceptance of if you drive, there will be traffic. It's part of driving. It's a situation that's beyond your control. And so all that needs to happen right now is for you to accept it exactly as it is, not as you wish it would be, but exactly as it is, and move on. Again, returning to acceptance was the answer. Dr. Paul says, when I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. When I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. And this reinforces what I said before. Acceptance is not just saying, I accept the negative that's happening. Acceptance is opening up our eyes to both the negative and the positive that's happening. I don't want you to get the wrong impression that when I talk about acceptance, I mean accept it and leave it alone. Sometimes that's the case, as we said before, but just as often, acceptance is the segue into change. I've accepted things as they are, and now what can I change? Because a large part of acceptance is saying, well, this part of the situation is out of my control especially when we're talking about our relationship with others. This is out of my control, or even within ourselves. Because certain times we want to make change in our life, we're just not ready for it. And if we try to force that change, we're just going to end up frustrated. We have to be ready for the change to happen before we can make it. And trying to push ourselves beforehand can often be counterproductive. And so Dr. Paul, towards the end, writes, Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out, that's God's will for me. Now, we've spoken a lot about God in this episode through these readings, but the idea here is that I am responsible for whatever I can change. I am responsible for whatever I can do. But outside of that, I have to accept whatever happens. And so, for example, if I'm in a job that I don't enjoy, What can I change? Well, I can start interviewing for other jobs. I can't get myself hired at another job. That's outside of my control. I do my best. I do everything that I can to prepare for the interview. I seek out a job. I apply for it. I have a good resume. I think of questions ahead of time that might be asked and think of answers to that. I look well put together and presentable when I go to the interview. I make sure to get there on time. These are all things that I can control. And things that I can't control, well, I can't give myself the job. And so I do everything I can do, and I accept the responsibility for those things. And then I accept whatever the outcome is as it is. Because often we chase things 
that we cannot change. Because often, continuing to push ourselves in a certain direction when it's not happening is a lack of acceptance and leads to just more frustration and more stress, more dissonance in our life. And of course, when we talk about change, I do want to emphasize, as I always do, change happens with small changes one at a time. And this also comes from acceptance, acceptance that I can't take on too much at one time. I have to be realistic about the change I can make, small things. If I'm focused in one area, I probably cannot make changes in other areas. And for more information on that, you can go back to our episode and change, episode 15 from last week. There is danger to acceptance, and that is when acceptance is used as an excuse to not change. So if a person just says, I accept the situation as it is, so therefore I'm not going to do anything about it, well, sometimes that's the correct response. But also, sometimes that's not the correct response. That's just a way of avoiding doing work. True acceptance comes from acceptance of the situation, acceptance of myself, acceptance of others, followed by acceptance of my responsibility to do whatever actions I need to be doing. When that second half is not present, when I don't accept that responsibility and just let things go and just let things go unintentionally. In other words, if I intentionally let things go because that's the best thing to do, that's fine. But if there's change that I can make and I don't make it, that's also a lack of acceptance because I have not accepted my own responsibility in the situation. So how do we improve the art of acceptance? How do we improve that important life skill? One thing to do is to turn off the judgment in our head. Observe without judging. This is really hard to do, but it is possible and gets easier with practice. It's especially hard to do when we're very emotionally involved in a situation or a relationship or with somebody else or with ourselves where we're feeling defensive. These are all high emotional situations, especially if we put a lot of work into something and it's not going our way. We need to take a step back and turn off our judgment, look at things as they are without being critical of them. Try and be as objective as possible. If you find that acceptance is out of your reach, ask yourself what emotions are getting in the way. Because emotional thinking is usually what's blocking the rational acceptance thinking. If you find yourself being stuck in life, you may ask yourself, what am I not accepting? What am I trying to change that cannot be changed? So much frustration comes from trying to change things that cannot be changed. So what do I need to look at and say, you know what? I'm wasting time, money, energy on this thing. I'm going to stop doing that. When we stop that, we find that our serenity increases, our happiness increases, because we're no longer spending our time, money, and energy on things that are outside of our control. Another way to say this is, am I overreaching? Am I working too hard to change something I cannot change? If the answer is yes, stop. And finally, I can ask myself, what would an outside observer tell me? Somebody that's looking at this situation, who's not so emotionally involved, who hasn't put in the time and the effort, who isn't stuck and frustrated, what would they tell me about the situation? If they saw everything, and this is also important because it'll help us see the other side of the coin. It'll help us see the other person's point of view when we need to work on acceptance of our relationships with others. It'll help us see the strengths that we have within us when we're working on acceptance of ourselves or the weaknesses. What would somebody else who isn't emotionally evolved in my life tell me both my strengths and my weaknesses are? 
What would they tell me about the situation I'm in that I know I just want to ignore because I don't want to accept it? That's all for this week. As always, I appreciate your listening. Please share with others on iTunes or Google Podcast or wherever you're listening to this. Please rate it, write a review if you can. I truly appreciate all the listeners. If you're looking for a way to support the show, thoughtfulmindpodcast.com. You can send us an email at thoughtfulmindpodcast at gmail.com or, or if you're not technical, you can leave us a voicemail at 732-523-0061. Work on your acceptance. It'll bring happiness and serenity. And as always, go out, believe in yourself.